For years, I've been telling you guys never to take no for an answer, right? You know, to, to keep pushing, to never hang up the phone until you get what you want. Because you all deserve it. You know this fucking deal that I'm about to sign? Barring me from the securities industry, barring me from Stratton, my home. <laughs> the fuck is that, you know? I'll tell you what it is, it's, it's, it's me taking no for an answer, you know? It's them, it's them selling me, not the other way around. It's, it's me being a hypocrite is what it is. So, you know what? I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. The show goes on. This is my home. They're going to need a fucking wrecking ball to take me out of here. <laughs> They're going to need to send in the National Guard a fucking SWAT team because I ain't going nowhere. Welcome to the Stool Pigeons. I'm Harrison Davenport. And I'm Jack Jameswood. So Harrison, that's how you rally the troops. That's how you get the apes going. But we did not see that this week, did we? No, we did not. I am pretty pumped up from that clip. But as you were saying, the apes did not come through on MindMud. We had a closing price of $388 for the week after post-trading on Friday. So not what our predictions were saying they were going to be. The only thing they seem capable of doing is just memeing games stop in existence, which is very disappointing also because I put them on my winners of the week last week. And what's pretty weird about the damn apes is that the one group that actually could use psychedelic treatment for, you know, their mental retardation and enjoyment of being cucked, you know, you would think that, well, maybe they'll at least back a stock that could help them out. But no, no, they collapsed. And the only thing they're capable of doing is just keeping uh, GameStop in the stratosphere. Yeah, it's total bullshit. 
I think that Wall Street bets has just become too commercialized. There's too much going on. They're too focused on their sub stack. They don't care about the common man anymore. I have always been against, you know, the African safaris where you just blow nearly extinct animals' heads off. But what I'm thinking is, and I'm actually encouraging people that are going on safaris in Africa to do this, take the largest caliber weapon you can and go to the ape sanctuary that the Wall Street bat people saved. You know, they donated several hundred thousand dollars and go find their apes and blow their heads off because they deserve it. Well, I don't know if we should take this out on the apes. I feel like it's a good thing that they actually saved that sanctuary. So maybe we shouldn't take it out yeah, on the that, animals. That is true. It is it is kind of a bad way to direct your anger. It's, you know, let's go straight to the source and just start blowing the heads off of all the people on the Wall Street bets forum. I think my biggest disappointment is our reach on this podcast was not enough to bring this stock up. I mean, you know, we're we're only made of so much, though. The stool pigeons, I mean, we're what, 10 episodes in. So what are we going to do? I mean, we, we can't we can't make people go by mind map. So unfortunately, we will not be retiring. We are not going to get new Teslas or new cars. And I will not be getting a gold digging wife or Instagram model as a girlfriend who I let use, you know, a platinum level MasterCard. We're not even going to have the, the good cocaine. We're going to have to continue to use the stuff that's been stepped on. Or here's the other possibility. Now, I think the chance of this is probably less than 1%. What if the guy from Richardson, Texas has been shorting the market because he got so anxious and afraid that if we did succeed with our MonMed stock that we would retire? Do you think that's a possibility? Yeah, I think that could be a possibility. It's the person in Richardson, Texas, and there's a person in California. It's Southern California. Also a very devoted listener who also downloads the episode very quickly, which we very much appreciate. Yeah, I definitely agree. Although I think it's very unlikely based on a lot of the analytics that we're getting that Stool Pigeons fans are bringing in, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year. But you would know a little bit more about analytics than I would. Yeah, if we're referring to YouTube analytics, that is. Oh, I'm 100% referring to the YouTube analytics. Oh, okay. Well, podcast-wise, yeah, we don't have the same good data that we have with YouTube. But I think another option in terms of getting the good cocaine, yachts, Teslas, is our monetization on YouTube, which is going to be coming a lot faster than we think. We're uh, on pace for being monetized in about three weeks. Yeah. And if you happen to see Harrison, you know, just out in public, you know, all you have to do to really get him to tee off is just say the word YouTube and statistics. And he will talk for two hours, whether you're interested or not. Yeah. Jack has had to battle through this for several weeks now. Uh, but especially the last week where we've really been seeing huge numbers increases. So we went from about 20 subscribers in the last two weeks to about 360 something. So to be monetized, you know, you have to have a thousand subscribers, 4,000 watch hours. We're about there, guys. So uh, if you're listening to this, go ahead and subscribe to that as well, because the stool pigeons can continue the pod and doing the Reddit reads. Yeah. Now, if we change maybe some of the emphasis of the show and and start really getting into 
guns and ammo and start spewing a lot of NRA propaganda, that also has been influenced by YouTube. It appears that most of our audience on there are 65-year-old men who live alone and have been cheated on who really like QAnon, Fox News, and guns. So if that is our audience, you know, we have to cater to them. So maybe in the future, we'll be talking about why uh, Hillary Clinton was actually executed at Guantanamo Bay and why Joe Biden is going to confiscate your guns. And maybe, you know, we will be saying things like all lives matter. Who knows? It just depends on what the YouTube numbers show. If they're big and that's our demographic, well, guess what? We're going to be gun guys from now on. Yeah. Don't forget that these people are also into Ben Shapiro and tactical gear. They are very, very into both of those things, which I found very funny. But I think with that, why we pulled those people in is because YouTube found this demographic to show it to and they really liked it. So hopefully we expand beyond that because apparently right now we just have gun-loving survivalists who have been cheated on by their significant others. Now, these men tend not to have a lot of discretionary income, which is not very good for uh, advertisers. So we're looking more for the rich female demographic, which is very underplayed on the Reddit reads type categories. So if you are a rich female and know other rich females, please have them subscribe to the YouTube channel because 65 year old men who are jacking off to Mark on the Green stories are probably not going to be lucrative in the long run, despite, you know, Ben Shapiro doing pretty well for himself. I thought. One of the funniest overlaps with channels was a channel called Bob TV, but then the actual screen cap, so the actual logo for this is Boobs TV. I thought that was by far the best one. Yes. Now, these men, I'm actually surprised that they have a functional computer because most men over 65 will just go to a search engine and type in porno.com and immediately uh, overwhelmed by viruses that steal all their information, including their social security and credit cards. This is based actually on an individual that I knew who uh, wrecked three to five computers within the span of uh, about six months because he did not know how the internet worked and would try to find pornography by just typing in boobs.com and bigtitties.com. Unsurprisingly, those websites contain viruses. And if those people aren't doing that, my assumption is they're probably pirating, you know, like Playboy TV and whatever is available on satellite in order to watch porno. And they also continue to have subscriptions to the print issue of Hustler Magazine and Playboy. Yeah, I don't understand these people, but apparently it's still a business. Those things are not all digital. I think there is still some print, maybe. I don't know if, maybe not. Maybe you can't get Playboy anymore, a physical copy. A couple years ago, though, they uh, they did change up the format where they were trying to do uh, no nudity for Playboy. And I can't remember whether they reversed that decision or not. I couldn't, I can't really imagine it would be good without the nudity because that's kind of the whole point. Yeah, I don't think that did very well. I think they reversed that policy pretty quick. They also sold Hugh Hefner's house to some hedge fund investor type guy. The grotto uh, at the Playboy Mansion 
it had several outbreaks of uh, bacteria and disease that the like local Los Angeles Public Health Department had to shut it down. Apparently, uh, Hugh Hefner's house was filled with dog shit and dog urine that hadn't been picked up, and he still had carpet in that house. Yeah, apparently the house was absolutely disgusting. They apparently tore it down to the studs, and they had to replace all of the pool basically everything on the inside. Yeah, he didn't have the foresight or really the courage just to off himself about 20 years ago when he was still cool. Yeah, people would have loved him way more. He just kind of was way too old and decrepit by the time he died. He seemed kind of weird, too. Speaking of being responsible for mass deaths and suffering, I think we have a story about uh, someone that enjoys death and suffering, and that would be Bill Gates. Do we have that clip? We do. In an interview on Sky News, Bill Gates was asked whether it would be helpful to lift vaccine patent protections in order to increase access. Here is his answer. There's been some speculation that the changing intellectual property rules um, and and allowing these vaccines, as you say, the, the, the recipe for these vaccines to be shared would be helpful. And do you think that would be helpful? No. Why not? Well, there's only so many vaccine factories in the world, and people are very serious about the safety of vaccines. And so moving something that had never been done, moving a vaccine from, say, a, a J&J factory into a factory in India, that it's novel. It's only because of our grants and our expertise that can happen at all. The, the thing that's holding things back in this case is not intellectual property. There's not like some idle vaccine factory with regulatory approval that makes magically safe vaccines. Uh, you know, you've got to do the trials on these things. And every manufacturing process has to be looked at in a, in a very uh, careful way. There's all sorts of issues around intellectual property having to do with medicines, but not in terms of how quickly we've been able to ramp up the volume here. You know, I remember how shocked people were when we said we were going to do second sources in these developing country factories. Uh, you know, that that was a novel thing. We got all the rights from the vaccine companies. They didn't hold it back. They were participating. I do a regular phone call with the pharmaceutical CEOs to make sure that work is going at full speed. So let's just unpack what he says there. His argument is that lifting patent protections will not help the supply problem whatsoever. So it's better to just stay the course and produce at the current level and hope that eventually rich rich countries donate enough money and surplus vaccines that poor countries get taken care of. In his words, it's not like there's some idle vaccine factory with regulatory approval that makes magically safe vaccines. Oh, really? I present to you this article from the AP. In an industrial neighborhood on the outskirts of Bangladesh uh, lies a factory with gleaming new equipment imported from Germany. It's immaculate hallways lined with hermetically sealed rooms. It's operating at just a quarter of its capacity. It is one of three factories that the AP found on three continents whose owners say they could start producing hundreds of millions of COVID-19 vaccines on short notice if only they had the blueprints and the technical know-how. I present also to you John Fulton, president of BioLease in Canada, who says he could be making millions of doses today if the know-how had been shared. We've been passed over. We've got this production capacity, and it's not being put to use. If we had started this last year, we could have shipped millions of doses by now. This is supposed to be like a wartime effort, everyone in it together, but that 
does not seem to be the case. And finally, I present to you the words of Manuel Martin, a policy advisor to Doctors Without Borders. The Gates organization dampened early enthusiasm by saying that IP is not an access barrier in vaccines. That's just demonstratively false. Demonstratively false. Bill Gates is lying to you. You know how we're always saying uh, whenever we talk about somebody that's a billionaire, like, oh, yeah, this person like Peter Thiel, he's a rapist and a pedophile uh, and a murderer. The problem with that is it underestimates just the pure evil of people like Bill Gates, who, I mean, if he was only raping and murdering children, that would be nothing compared to what he actually does, which is uh, be responsible for the deaths of probably a million people. That's a conservative estimate uh, in India. I think we should also talk about the fact that Joe Biden is also not doing anything. So for those who don't know, Joe Biden has the ability to make those patents available. He has executive power to do that. The intellectual property for the COVID vaccine was all done at public institution. It was funded by public research. So they patented the intellectual property for it and are not going to give the formulas, which means that hundreds of thousands, millions of people are going to die. And the only groups that are opposed to it are the Gates Foundation, it appears, and uh, pharmaceutical companies. But you had a whole bunch of groups like Doctors Without Borders, Human Rights Watch, Public Citizen. Oxfam all came out to encourage the United States to stop blocking what's called the TRIPS waiver at the United Nations, which would allow for other countries to manufacture the COVID vaccine. It's ridiculous. I I thought it was interesting because it does kind of sound like a conspiracy because there are right wing people that are like, oh, yeah, Bill Gates is trying to microchip your children and turn them into Jews or something like that. If you notice, like one of the reasons that you don't see any criticism of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is they are one of the largest media purchasers of any entity. They purchase more ads and advertising in mainstream publications than just about anyone else. So you're not going to see any criticism at all that would link Bill Gates to uh, the deaths of a million or two million people in India, even though that's exactly what's going to happen. What I I always uh, think is pretty funny, people are like, Oh, man, uh, the Sackler family who ran Purdue Pharma, they're really responsible for half a million overdose deaths because of Oxycontin. Number one, the Sacklers did nothing wrong. They were providing a product that people liked, and it also relieved pain. Bill Gates, on the other hand, is actually responsible for the deaths of millions of people. And I'm going to transition to killing and violence. We have a movie clip for the audience. First learned about this seven years ago on a mission in Brazil to capture a wanted fugitive. When we got there, it tore through our unit in seconds. The target had superhuman abilities. the same marking you do Cole it's a birthmark what do you mean he was born with it it's not a birthmark Cole means you've been chosen throughout history different cultures all over the world 
reference a great tournament of champions. That dragon marking? I think it's an invitation to fight for something known. Mortal Kombat. These are your champions. I'm Sonya. That's Kano. I'm Liu Kang. Name's Jax. Kung Lao. Lord Raiden. The fate of Earth is in our hands. No matter how many of my people you put in the ground. I, b- I bet people are thinking like, wow, even without all the visuals, I found that uh, movie trailer completely unedited, very compelling. Oh, yeah. It was just like the Breaking Bad with Tuco last week. Like you just have no context because you can't see it. So you have no idea what's going on. People also, uh, I'm sure, you know, it's it's kind of similar to someone just describing a woman that they had sex with and what she looked like naked. It's the same thing you know you're like oh wow that's just as interesting and sexy without the visuals mortal kombat i should probably say uh is not something i ever liked as a kid really uh the game was only kind of cool but you had to be really into games to be good at it and uh, i wasn't but the movie came out this week on hbo max unfortunately hbo max was down for a week after its release so i was not able to watch it and for whatever reason the only video that i could access on hbo max was the trailer for mortal kombat but i think harrison actually was able to maybe watch it uh, last night Yeah, so the trick was you had to uninstall and then reinstall your HBO Max app. But yeah, I've got something for HBO Max and good things and bad things. But it was very, uh, very irritating. But once I finally got to see it, it was... uh, It was a typical Mortal Kombat movie, what you would expect if you're into that universe of characters. I thought it was okay. Okay, as a film, I mean, the script was kind of what you would expect, maybe a little below average. The thing for me when I watched that trailer, you know, multiple times to think of how I would review the movie without having seen it. It seemed like one of the fundamental problems with this film is there wasn't a white guy protagonist who was a superhero. You know, Superman, what is he? He's a white guy from the United States who's very buff. Batman, another rich white guy from the United States. Spider-Man, well, he's, you know, middling to lower class, but he's still like from the Bronx or something. Wolf. Wolverine. These are all white guys from the United States that work together with the United States military to kill people in other countries. And so I saw this movie. It's like a black guy, some Asian guy, a woman. And I don't know. I just really it didn't it didn't feel that compelling as a story. You know, that's just not what superheroes are about. I mean, just consider for a moment. 
Okay, you're going to the theater. You heard about the new Superman. And turns out when you get there, Superman is a Chinese man. Now, are you going to watch that film? Are you going to think, oh, okay, I find this believable? No, you're not. Because some Asian guy can't be Superman, especially if he's not from the United States. There's certain uh, narratives and truisms in film, like superheroes can only be buff white guys or are rich uh, white guys from the United States who work with the U.S. intelligence agencies. You can't just have a whole bunch of like, I mean, you can have women as secondary characters, I guess. And, you know, you can have like a black guy who is like the villain or in the case of, you know, uh, Black Panther, you know, they can be from another country and still be the superhero. But I mean, a whole movie that's just like Chinese women and Asian guy, some black guy. I don't think it's going to work, but maybe you can tell me differently. You you did actually see the movie. Okay, so where do I start with what you just said there? So I guess I will go ahead and start with the characters. First off, they're not superheroes. They're fighters. They're also in essentially an underground league of fighters. So there's different realms fighting against each other. So there's the supernatural element. So there's the outer world um, and then there's Earth. That's who's battling in this film. But once again, I guess to reemphasize, they're not superheroes and they these are already established characters. And then Jax, who is the black guy in the film, he was in the military. And then as was Sonya Blade, who was the white chick in the film. Well, then how do they have their powers like free stuff? So those are outer world characters. But the Earth people, how you get that mark is you either come from an ancestry of people who participated in Mortal Kombat. But if you kill any of the other characters... So Sonya Blade starts out the movie. She doesn't have a mark, the dragon mark, as they were referring to in the trailer. Uh, they said it was a birthmark. Sonya gets hers by killing Kano. Kano got his by killing another character. So you can earn it that way or through lineage. Okay, so it isn't some random like science experiment then. It is you have to kill people and you get the power or you're born with it. Is that right? Right, so... Also, you have to figure out how to use your power. So part of the movie is the primary character figuring out how to actually use his power. And once he figures that out, that's how they get them because they train with uh, with Raiden. Well, now, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe I'm going to check this out because, you know, I've always found eugenics very interesting. And that's, this seems to be what they're saying is like, can we perfect a super race to conquer and dominate everyone else and i mean i don't know if that i mean if they're saying it's going to be chinese people and like I don't, I, I don't think so i mean come on but i think that's at least something that i could get interested in but all the earth people underground people i mean that sounds gay but i do think i i, I turned on uh, hbo max and it does look like they finally got their uh fucking shit together and i can actually watch videos on there and watching videos on a streaming service, you would think, would be pretty easy to do. Well, Sub-Zero, who is the guy who freezes stuff, he is Chinese. And he is eventually killed by the primary character, Scorpion, who you'll see the background there. But Scorpion has like fire capabilities in the chain that he shoots at people. But the Scorpion, who's the primary bad guy, he is Chinese and he does get killed. 
Interesting. Yeah, you would think. Uh, so it's a, it's literally just the competition. There's not like a social context or any kind of thing they're trying to stop in the movie. They're just fighting each other. No. So Earth has lost the last nine Mortal Kombat tournaments. <laughs> and so if they lose 10 in a row, the outer world can come to the Earth and basically enslave all of the people and take over Earth. Hmm. Interesting. Slavery and eugenics. Maybe this is, you know, maybe there's a lot of subtle messages that they're trying to get across, and they're using diversity as a ploy to get people to really think about how the world works. It seems like those things were defeated in the film. I should point that out. So I don't think the Mortal Kombat universe is pro-eugenics or slavery. Well, maybe what they wanted to do is kind of, uh, you know, uh, get the audience to think critically like, okay, that that's what happened in the movie, but is that what I want? They're trying to stimulate some thought, maybe some controversial things, and they knew, look, it's a Hollywood movie. They've got to make money. But they just threw in the stuff of uh, eugenics and, you know, race war getting defeated because they want the audience to think critically like, hmm, now I know this stuff is bad, but like, is that what we really want? And I, I don't know the answer because I haven't seen it. But uh, after I do, I'll, I'll report back on uh, all of this about the Scorpion and Mr. Freeze battling it out in upper and inner worlds or whatever bullshit Mortal Kombat uh, has in its universe. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. All right, Jack, so I guess this is a good time to go ahead and transition to good and bad things of the week. Okay, so I'll go ahead and go first. My first good thing of the week is Promising Young Women. It's a film featuring Carrie Mulligan. It was very good. It was very good. I would go ahead and recommend that to anyone who is just looking for something good to watch. Um, question. Does she get naked in that? She does not get naked. Mm, okay. Well, I'll, I'll put it on the list. Probably won't watch it then. You'll understand why uh, pretty quickly in the movie why she doesn't get naked. Oh, is that the one where uh, she goes after dudes that are doing raping? Essentially, yeah. Yeah, that's that's basically what's going on. So the, you're saying that there's no nudity in a film that's about uh, sexual assault? Uh, correct. Yeah, that's correct. Hmm. That, well, I don't know who uh, pitched that, but probably a woman. Not a very good idea. Okay, well, it was actually a pretty good film, so I wasn't going to do a full review of it, but I just recommend watching it. Uh, number two is Flonase. They are not a sponsor, but they have helped me get through the week because the pollen has been fucking me up. The same for me. I actually have been using Flonase, too. I think their products are incredible and they should be sponsors. I think after they've listened to this podcast, they'll be like, yeah, we should definitely run an ad uh, on this podcast and pay these people because they uh, represent and reflect our own worldview. Precisely. Number three, we've already talked about it quite a bit, so I won't dive into it, is YouTube monetization, which we're about there, and uh, we're going to be rolling in the dough here soon. Okay, bad things of the week, and I just remembered this because I hate this person more than Jack actually hates r slash is Nate Silver, the person over at 538 with maybe the worst hair of anyone who is allowed on television, and not only that, makes the worst election predictions. 
Number two, HBO Max. As we talked about, it is a piece of shit streaming service owned by AT&T, which is also one of the shittiest conglomerates to ever exist. Yeah, that is very true. Need to be broken up again. Moving on to number three, Mortal Kombat not using the original score from the first film. That was a big mistake. They could have gotten the rights to that, I'm sure. Okay, so my good and bad things of the week. Number one, X videos. X videos recently got slammed in the New York Times by Nicholas Kristoff because he claimed that it is a site that promotes incest, underage sex, and uh, non-consensual sex. That is slander. Yes, they do have incest videos, but they're all actors and it's very hot and cool. And number two, they don't actually promote underage girls or non-consensual sex. Trust me, I am a seasoned veteran of xvideos.com. Taking us right to number two and related, that would be the subreddit r slash boobs. Doing great work. Keep it up. That's all I have to say on that one. Number three, the way that uh, veterinary care works. Not the billing, but the way that it works. Namely, that you can just get anything for your dog and pay for it. That's how the United States healthcare system should work. Now, bad things of the week. The three things that I have for this week are, number one, a subreddit called Dollcum. This subreddit is very disturbing even to me. It has a hundred members and consists of, from what I can tell, two users who just spray Barbie dolls and sex dolls with cum and uh, photograph it for some reason. So if, uh, yeah, watch out for people that uh, subscribe to doll cum, except for me. I just did it because I wanted to keep up with what these two guys are doing and the Barbies that they're, uh, you know, blasting ropes on. Number two, SNL for being uh, ableist against Elon Musk. There's been backlash to reports that Elon Musk is going to be hosting SNL. And from what I can tell, it is mostly because they hate autism and people with autism. Number three, pet bills and itemized billing at the veterinary office. All right, Jack. So uh, I believe that brings us to our final segment, which is lightning round. Damn, that was good. I did not pick that sound. You did because you did not find any lightning. I mean, I think lightning, we got to get lightning right there. I don't I don't know if that boxing bell really works. But anyway, all right, let's go ahead and dive into it. I'm sure the fans will appreciate that. Well, it's easy to criticize me for not finding lightning sounds when you didn't listen to 10 different lightning sounds and then decide, well, that actually sounds a lot more like thunder. First question, what is a show you can't stand because of your education, profession, or knowledge? That would be the Rachel Maddow show. That is correct. Number two, what is the most badass way to quit a job? Dress up like the Punisher and shoot your boss in the head, but also getting away with it. No, incorrect. Moving on. Next. We're not even hang on, hang on. I have an alternative to see if it's correct. What about doing the scene from Fight Club? 
Incorrect. And Harrison, uh, even though he's giving me the incorrect buzzer, does not do like I do on lightning round and actually provide and justify the correct answer. Is that correct? Yeah, that that is correct. I provide no insight. I really don't give anything to this segment. You form the questions, but I decide if they're right or wrong. Number three, what is something that should be illegal but isn't? Breast reduction surgery. I think abortion should be free, unlimited, and on on demand, but I think any doctor that performs breast reduction surgery should be arrested as well as the woman and charged with a felony. And we should consider uh, maybe even implementing uh, the death penalty for breast reduction surgery. I guess that will have to suffice. And that is our final question of lightning round. Two out of three, baby. That's much better than Harrison does. He's gotten zero percent the last couple times we've done this. All right, Jack, you want to go ahead and get out of here? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so usual reminders, everyone, to follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe to our Patreon. Just search The Stool Pigeons. And please rate, subscribe, and review if you're listening on Apple Podcast or any other platform that allows you to do that. Okay, Jack. Okay, thank you.